everybody. Welcome to the Tomato Tomato podcast. It's a podcast about movies and how they're reviewed and how you like your martini, I guess. <laughs> I've never had one in my life, so I don't even know. Um, I'm Jenna, one of your usual co-hosts, and joining me is... The other usual co-host, Chris. Today, we are talking about a fairly new release called A Simple Favor. Yes. The new... Uh, Paul Feig movie. Well, I should say from the Feig du- from the darker side of Paul Feig. No, see that the the dark version of Paul is Paul Fi- Feig. Yeah, you don't even like. Okay, you don't know how to pronounce his name clearly. Nope, I've never heard it said out loud. It's I've Feig. only read it. Paul Feig. See, that's the thing with names. Like I, I've only seen them written. Never. This is like the Chrissy Teigen controversy all over again. It is. But no, so it's from the darker side of Paul Feig, which is an interesting place to for a movie to exist in. Um, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I think we'll get into the reviews. Do a good job of kind of encapsulating a couple of the things that like a couple of just the comments that I had not necessarily things I didn't like but just like comments I have about things but for the most part like I enjoyed it for a lot of reasons yeah so simple it's based off of a book um this is very much like Gone Girl but uh, for more general audiences in a way like it's interesting because, like, we were talking about it when we left the movie. I can't see... If anyone other than Paul Feig had directed this, the movie would have come across and looked completely different because Paul Feig directing it and bringing on the people that he did, the aesthetic of it is so drastically different from, like, the Gone Girls and all of the other, like, missing woman crime thriller sort of things that, like, having it be that kind of plot but in this kind of bright and not bubbly but like colorful kind of looking aesthetic and i don't know if that's part of the book itself like i don't i don't know how much of like the little comedic nuances books are like open to interpretation so it's like i'm sure a lot of people read it and just assumed it was like darker like aesthetically and then instead paul feek's just like here's color and like amazing costumes yeah i think if this wasn't uniquely paul feek this would have just been generic yeah, it would have been, people would have just, it's like, oh, it's another Gone Girl, and it would have had a lower tomato rating. Yeah. Which, the tomato rating... Is pretty good. Yeah, it's certified fresh, 84%. Uh, average rating, 7 out of 10. Out of 157 reviews, only 25 are rotten. The consensus is twisty, twisted, and above all, simply fun. A simple favor cast a stylish mommy noir spell strengthened by potent performances from Kendrick and Lively. And the audience score is 81%, average rating 4 out of 5, with a little over 2,000 user ratings. That makes sense. Like, it all kind of fits. Yeah. Yeah, because I knew this movie was certified fresh. I just wasn't sure. Like, going into it as we were watching it, I was like, I know this is certified fresh, so it's going to be good to talk about, but I wasn't sure, like, what the percentage was. I had was. no idea what it was yeah, going into. Yeah, this is pretty into... fair. Like, this is yeah. a good yeah. amount, I, I had, would say. I had no idea what it was going into and, like, leaving the movie. Yeah. I, uh, it was one of the things I could have seen going either way. Yeah. Like, people just not liking it Mm -hmm. or people like oh this is actually pretty good yeah definitely like it's 
there there's certain choices that are made that are very interesting I mean, and it, d- kind of deliberately divisive and so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's i'm glad to see that like there's so much that this movie's doing creatively that works that then like it's being received positively it's number two at the box office right now i mean it's behind a kids movie yeah which i mean the kids movie is going to have a wider appeal than this spoopy kids movie yeah spoopy kids movie you know um it's pretty much beating everything else it's still so weird to me that eli roth directed that movie yeah eli roth directed that and now i'm just realizing that there's one person in particular who's having a very good last two months who has not one but two movies still dominating the box office and and we are number fans at number two and three of the fan club of henry fucking golding (laughs) that was a mouthful for you to say he is our new fave well, so where is Crazy Rich Asians at the box office? So according to Rotten Tomatoes, it's one, two, three, four, five. Nice. It's fifth. Yeah, he's he's doing pretty. He's damn doing well. pretty well. Yeah. Um, and, and he deserves it. I love that. Like, I don't want to say Paul Feig took a risk in putting him in this movie, but I'm like, you at could have t- gone with anyone else. And then the fact that you go yeah. with Henry Golding like instantly at, boosts this movie in my because eyes. Because when they were filming this, no one knew who he was. Yeah. He it, had to have been aware of, of, like, Crazy Rich Asians going on, and someone yeah. had to, yeah. or his agent was very Something, good. but yeah. it's still, like, clearly they like working together, because they're going to do that Christmas rom-com with Amelia Clark, yeah. which is an amazing combination of people and things. And Henry Golden, because it's like, okay, rom-com, it, it, you don't have to stretch many acting muscles i feel like but he's, but also yeah. not to say that he doesn't do a good job in crazy rich asians go back and listen to that episode but here it's it, a, it's a it's, completely different like so his characters are two sides of the same coin almost they're very they start out in a very similar sort of like like the viewer kind of views them in a somewhat similar sort of way of like Ooh, this is the like perfect unattainable husband blah 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 blah. and then in crazy rich asians it kind of like continues on but that and like it does so in this kind of earnest way but then in a simple favor it just kind of falls apart and it it does so in a way that like makes sense here's your spoiler wall well yeah i would assume if you're listening this far you'd be surprised yeah, but but yeah. So do we want to go into the reviews before we say anything more about yes, Henry Golding? Yes. So which one do we want to start with? Hollywood Reporter. Let's do it. So Hollywood Reporter, their review starts off a cocktail that looks better than it tastes. Um, I always wonder how much time uh, critics and reviewers spend on their little puns. quippy puns mm-hmm. before actually mm-hmm. uh, writing it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It says, after helping redefine what funny women can look like, sound like, and do on screen, Paul Feig takes a left turn with this seductively mounted but underwhelming neo-noir comedy, A Simple Favor. A twisted tale of toxic female friendship, the film offers its share of pleasures, eye candy and human, sartorial and real estate form, as well as the unmistakable flair of a director and performers who know their way around a piece of pop entertainment. The, the result leaves you scratching your head. The mystery isn't how or why one of the main character disappears halfway through it's what drew Feek to the project to begin with but see that's exactly what I like about it is that we were kind of sitting there like why is Paul Feig directing this because it is a left turn but it also isn't 
it, yeah, because it doesn't even have like any of his like regular cast of characters. Yeah. yeah. That carried over from his previous movies. Yeah, which, it's not like Melissa McCarthy is like shoehorned in as like a cameo. Because he could have easily made her one of the other moms. Yeah, or, or something. something. Yeah. But that would have distracted from the world of the movie. Yeah. And even then the people it, that he it, picked for the other moms were still kind of great. Like it yeah, was yeah. It, it he showed a lot of restraint in that regard and yeah. kind of awareness of what he was making. And like it makes sense because you don't need to keep taking viewers out of the world that you're trying to create of the yeah. movie. And so, like, kind of putting Kristen Wiig in there somehow or whatever would have just kind of given that sort of takeaway. And, like, I think it's perfectly fine for directors to completely come out of their comfort zone and do something that I think they have genre-wise to. super different. Otherwise, they get trapped in that one genre, that one niche, and then they There's something they about it that feels really fresh. Like, I mean, look at any director who's... They get stagnant yeah. in one kind of genre or, like, franchise yes. for a while. It's like they have to get out there and stretch other muscles. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a different muscle. Like, I don't know why I'm thinking about him in particular, but, like, you look at, like, Christopher Nolan, and, like, his movies are all thematically very different, but they follow a similar sort of beat. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, I'm slightly exercising this different muscle, but I'm really just doing the same workout every time. Mm-hmm. Like, I would want to... It would be interesting <laughs> to see, like, hey, Nolan, direct a rom-com with, like, a $30 million Exactly, budget. yeah. Like, it's just getting... It's making people be creative and kind of get out of what they're known for, but still kind of making something interesting and entertaining from there. Yes. Uh, Feig works hard for the first 40 minutes or so to put his imprint on it all, an effort bolstered by Kendrick's reliably excellent timing as a perky Connecticut helicopter mother. Um, Yet despite some giggles and delicious touches, uh, Rupert Friend is a bitchy designer. Yes, please and thank you. The tongue-in-cheek tone and satirical targets feel tired. Something rotten in the state of suburban mommyland themes have, at this point, been unpacked ad nauseum and dysfunction lurking beneath carefully curated lives narratives all but exhaustive, like that run-on sentence. <laughs> well, because then it says, movie and TV series have gone there again and again, from Desperate Housewives to Big Little Lies, Bad Moms, and Far Beyond. It's like, okay, yes, that's true, but it still doesn't make it a, a well that's dried up, I would say. Like, yeah. there's enough story potential there that is something kind of interesting, and that can come across in a really interesting way. Yeah, because it's the whole... It's who is in charge of it, and this time we have Paul Feig, yeah, who takes it in a, the not typical like Gone Girl. It almost direct. like so the way that the movie presents it, as someone who has seen more of the things in that kind of subgenre, like as someone who's seen Big Little Lies, it almost like parodies Big Little Lies to an extent because there's a lot of like gossip yeah. and like just like it, it's presented in this way that's almost commenting on the genre itself while also being part of that subgenre. And it's done in a way that, like, I enjoyed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I I enjoyed this movie way more than if it had had a different, darker tone to it. Because it was still just, like, poppy and fun. It was a little refreshing that way. Yeah, that's exactly it, it, what it okay, was. So it was refreshing. Do you know when the book came out? No. So, the book was released March 21st, 2017. That's really fast. Uh, 20th Century Fox acquired the rights before the book was even published. Wow. <laughs> so they were very preemptive uh, wow. in getting the rights for it. 
Um, That's pretty so, impressive. Yeah, Fox got the rights, and then Feig signed on to direct it. That's awesome. Like, wow. Yeah, because this would be one of those things where you thought the book would maybe be at least like 10 years old yeah, or something. Yeah, and they're like adapting it a little bit. But then yeah. there was also like the mommy blog of it all and just the like little bits yeah. and pieces where I'm like, this is so uniquely now. <laughs> it that is. It, I, you would almost have to adapt. Like if the book didn't contain that, it would have to be kind of a leap to get to what the movie yeah. presents. But yeah, it. that's really, that's interesting though, because you always like hear about those, but then you never like really see the movies that come out of them of like, they yeah. acquired this book right before like it even And usually with, it, with those situations, it kind of just flounders in development hell yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, um, these, uh, so it talks about scenes between Emily and Stephanie. These scenes are the most compelling and not just because of the shivery sapphic subtext that with a single kiss, Fig cheekily turns into I, text. Okay, so the the wording of that sentence is choice, and I don't agree with it necessarily because it's like it, well, uh, a, du- a dude surprise. Wrote this. Yeah, I was just gonna say surprise. A dude wrote. I this. knew, I knew a dude wrote John this. That's why Frosch. I picked it. But I'm still just kind of like, we talked about it with 88 minutes last episode. I'm like, can we stop writing about lesbian scenes like they're goddamn unicorn? Yeah. Like, good fucking lord. Just. By calling it out like that. And making it like, ooh, there's something for the guys. Yeah, it's it's fetishizing it. Yeah. It's not helping to normalize it. Yeah. That being said, though, okay. So, like, I, I had joked kind of when... Like, when the trailers and stuff for this movie came out, that I was like, this is, like, bisexual panic, the movie. Because it's, like, everyone in this cast is just making me, like, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but then, I, I and, like, the characters themselves, like, Blake Lively's character is just, like, the, the swagger that she eludes and just the way that she carries herself. I'm just, like, you are a, a bisexual icon, even if you're not canonically bi in the movie. And then they made her bi, and I was just, like, thank you. <laughs> Like <laughs> the lively, I've only seen her in a very g- green context. Yeah, I have not seen <laughs> um, Gossip Girl or anything else she has been in, um, so I didn't really have like a good frame of reference for uh-huh. her acting ability. But she can fucking get like, there. Like, granted, we'll get to it. One of the other reviews kind of jokes that like this is a next step up from Gossip Girl. <laughs> it's, but like, it's like. <laughs> It's like, you know, after Gossip Girl, what happened to her? It's like, XOXO, I killed my sister. (laughs) Gossip Girl. But, like, even then, this character feels so different, and it, like, there's something about her that's just kind of, like, mesmerizing. Like, it it is absolutely makes sense as a viewer why Anna Kendrick is, like, obsessed with figuring out what happened to Emily, because it's like, no, this person was, like, a weird magnet in my life, Mm -hmm. and, like, it's just kind of an interesting sort of like character choice i would say i'm trying to figure out what else in this review the Um, director does keep things looking sharp dp john schwarzman fills his frames with light and color a purposeful if not wildly original visual counterpart to the narrative nastiness exactly and sounding chic lots of vintage french pop Uh, a simple favor also tosses around a worthwhile idea or two uh, about contemporary female identity how women are pigeonholed into roles that stifle their complexity but the movie never achieves that tingly naughty blend of humor and danger it seems to be aiming for one one wonders uh what francis orzen or pedro aldemar uh i butchered that yes, might have done with this material uh yeah i mean what i do agree with in this paragraph is the kind of 
strong creative visual and yeah. auditorial uh-huh. uh, choices. Choice. Yeah. Like, I like the French pop as a choice. Yeah. Like, just having this, like I said, having this movie be so light. Like, yeah. have, having this weird lightness to it, even as there's, like, a corpse found in a lake and all of these weird, it, like... Like, it, yeah, there are some things that are predictable and kind of by yeah. the numbers, but I don't mind. And, like, granted, like the, I'm, I am someone who enjoys, like, true crime-related movies uh, and TV, I and it's it's interesting to me because like I sat there and I, I could kind of tell where the story was going to go, but I I didn't mind it because I was like I I think I know what like like as soon as they found the body washed up in the lake I was like I think she has a twin or yeah. something because there's no way this makes sense but I didn't know anything else beyond there so it's still just kind of like it gives you all these little morsels of like what the story is gonna and be and like all like I appreciate that. For it being like a true crime yeah. story, it's not all dark and dour. Exactly. It's like that's what I it's mean. like life. There's like yeah, light and color and peppiness to it. Yeah, and, and like it doesn't per- performative like identity. Of and it, it all. doesn't undercut any of the dramatic. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple moments where it's like I felt bad for laughing. Almost. Oh no, totally. I did too. Like, like like when the little kid is just like fuck you, you. and it's like oh I can't he's help clearly going through trauma, but it's yeah. also like this is kind of being played as like a laugh line. Yeah. Yeah. No, because like it's like you said, there's no. It's not just constant darkness visually or thematically, which is this thing that's really because then it's just too heavy. Exactly. Because it's like I spent I, I, like I spent all last week watching a true crime show that was a very good true crime show, but it was so dark visually and narratively that I was like I had to spread it out over a couple of days because it was like I can't keep processing this because it's just so much darkness. Yeah. But like this was so easy to digest, even though it was a fucked up story. Exactly. Would we like to go to the LA Times? Sure. Um, so, Anna Kendrick and Lively, pair for the fun and kitschy Simple Favor review by Katie Walsh. Comedy director Paul Feig tries a thriller on for size with the juicy Simple Favor, a suburban Connecticut, blah, blah, blah. We already know all of that stuff. Um. What else do you have to say? Kendrick, Kendrick's shtick, uh, her self-consciously dorky rapid-fire delivery, uh, has started to wear thin, but in a simple favor, it suits her character perfectly, as the ever chipper can do Stephanie was a penchant for Peter Pan collars and pom poms. It, it, like, lively. I have not seen a lot of Kendrick uh-huh. movies or I shows. Have. I have. I have very minimal frame of reference for her, uh-huh. other than. Her, her range is pretty impressive because mm-hmm. she can go from, like, stuff like i mean she's still it, it's kind of like they said that she still has this kind of cadence to how she speaks but like it's used in different ways in different contexts because like she fucking got an oscar nomination like a decade ago for up for in the what? air oh that's right yeah the and george she's, clooney she's one she's great yeah. in it but it's and it's totally this kind of neurotic like sort of character that's hiding trauma sort of thing yeah but it's done in this completely different context so now i really like anna kendrick like everything i see her and i'm just like it i'm always enjoyed by it in one way or i do another. agree with this in the review a simple favor proves his performance in crazy rich asians wasn't a fluke about henry golding golding's got the goods i was getting there <laughs> okay especially when it comes to playing dashing charmers at the mercy of overbearing women 
a stellar supporting cast buoys the uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the duo, including Bashir Saladin um, is a suspicious detective. I I did like the detective and his sass. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing is it's like it's almost as if these characters were all just in like a normal comedy and then this thing happens to them and then they're like yeah. being put out of their element but they're still like operating in the same way. It makes me curious if like those side characters like the detective are in the, the other parents yeah. well not I'm assuming they're in the book but if they have the same kind of comedic yeah, tone I have and no cadence idea. to them because yeah. it's totally like a fig thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it says the film wouldn't work without the one-two punch of Kendrick and Lively stepping into the roles that play on their personas while allowing them to color outside of the lines. Because, like, yeah. Uh, despite the touchstones like Stepford Wives and Gone Girl, which are thematically rich, although there's a flicker of parody to the mommy vlogger video Stephanie uploads while searching for Emily, they're an integral part of the plot, too. I liked that. The double like of, it. like, these are kind of a stupid thing, but then they also service the plot in a really interesting they way. Re- so they work for a lot of reasons. Whenever, like, the vlog part showed up, I looked at I The at suggested videos? No. I, oh, the comments. I yeah. looked at the comments and the view count, because oh. the view count steadily increases over the course. Yeah, I didn't really course. pay attention to the view count. I just like kept her, hearing her mentioned, I have blah, blah, blah subscribers. Yeah, because if you look, because it starts out in, like, the low hundreds, yeah. and then by the end of it, she's in the millions. Yeah. And then... Uh, I, I just always, like the whole yeah with the vlog she she can use it to speak directly yeah. to Lively's character and that's that's a really I, smart device. I always just paid attention to the like suggested view videos in the corner because it was always other vlogs she did and the titles were all so ridiculous. <laughs> it was like like I'm not even gonna say them because I'm gonna butcher them. But it, it was, was all like just like how to stupid, bake something or whatever. Yeah, like or... I'm like how to be a single mom or like just just weird little things that kind of worked in this way. Like it was an it was a fun thing to parody since it's such a prominent thing now. And like, but it was done in this context that was so much more interesting. It was the equivalent yeah. of like your gripe with Pinterest, where like you go read <laughs> Pinterest blogs and you're just like, I don't need eight paragraphs about why your kid doesn't like beets, Carol. Just get on to the recipe. Yeah, but then, you know, I would read Stephanie's blog now because or she like totally, watch her vlogs. Yeah, she totally pivoted to true crime. I know, I love that. Um, simple favor twists and turns like a flag whipping in the wind and by the end it teeters on the brink of incomprehensibility while plunging into full ridiculousness but that's exactly what you want from this brand of soapy stylized sexy female driven thriller it's about as deep as a champagne coup uh, but the performances slick execution and pop art style make it a delightfully fun and kitschy ride exactly that's it like I, like, didn't, I didn't expect anything more. Deep. Like, I didn't want anything, like, super dark and deep and, like, like con- changing my worldview sort of thing. I just wanted, like, a, a fun, well-cast movie that happens to have true crime in it. Like, I hate going back to Gone Girl, but, like, after watching that, it's like, oh, that was a lot. <laughs> and that was heavy. Gone, like, okay, like, so... Like, you know what you're getting with Fincher. It's not going to be this simple kind of romp Fincher will turn anything into dark. So yeah. then, like, having this kind of be the, the, a Fincher-esque plot, but presented in this much more upbeat way, was definitely a choice. And, like, arguably, the subject matter of this movie is more fucked up than Gone Girl. Like, granted, Gone, like, granted Amy literally slits Neil Patrick Harris's <laughs> throat. Spoilers for Gone Girl, that movie is four years old. But, like... <laughs> 
just compared to like the backstories and the plots of like Emily and Stephanie, they're way more fucked up in this than like Amy's thing was in Gone Girl. Yeah, and that was something I wasn't expecting. Especially I appreciated from... it. In no, a weird I way. do too. Um, and the way Feig kind of weaves it all in yeah. works. Like the weird, the it's such a weird laugh line for Feig to be able to make you laugh at incest. Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that just because the way that it's. Like, it's presented in this serious, fucked up way, but then Blake Lively's like, no, wait, you're lying to me. Mm. And just, like, the undercut yeah. of, like, both of those things was... Like, someone like... I'm going back to Fincher again, but yeah. Fincher would have played that totally differently. No, it would have been not, like, I'm so tortured because of incest and And not blah, saying blah, that blah. that's the wrong interpretation. No. It's just like, eh, we've been there before. Yeah, it's like, this was... This accepted how taboo and fucked up, like, that and, like... Emily's situation with her sister and all of that stuff like it, it accepted how fucked up things can get yeah. but at the same time it still was like kind of it was like life it was like in a mm-hmm. weird sort of way so yeah um do we want to go to slant yes okay um so I... so I know this is Derek Smith but Derek Smith I think is a woman just judging off of the Rotten Tomatoes photo Let's see just here. so you know so you're not just like a dude wrote this <laughs> I mean when it comes to film criticism i deliberately kind of see <laughs> well i was just yeah. going to say it's a good bet to say it's a dude who i know wrote but it. judging off yeah. of the photo on rotten tomatoes i think this is a girl but yeah because i was like i want to hear female perspectives on this movie and not just like i'm a white dude i didn't get it uh why so weren't there more like me yeah there were the only straight white men were in the flashback sequences with Stephanie's character. Yeah. There are no straight white men in this movie. No. That's pretty great. <laughs> that is pretty great. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. But Henry Golding easily could have been just another, another generic white dude. white dude. But like the fact that they make it Henry Golding is so much it's better. Great. Yeah. More of that. Yeah. Uh, so the film exhibits a lightness of touch early on as a tightly wound but ever cheerful single mother and cooking vlogger. Uh uh, what else do you have to say, Derek? Both Stephanie's intense and potentially sexual feelings for Emily, which Kendrick conveys through her typical turned-up-to-eleven neurotic restlessness, and Emily's coy nefariousness, masked by Lively's enigmatic gaze, allow for a number of pro- provocative, mysterious, and amusing tete-a-tetes between the two women. I agree. Like, the, the, the seeing them play off of each other was so fun, and, like, it made the last couple of scenes in the movie even though like like the reviews have kind of said the plot kind of gets a little off the rails towards then yeah but it's done in this way that it's like you you've already this is like you're you're invested in the characters and you're enjoying watching the characters to where even when they like fake getting shot three different times and it's like i double crossed you no i double crossed you i feel like, like i don't know if that is in the book or if that was Fig like, playing up the the tropes of that genre. Yeah, because it's presented in this way that is kind of it's purposefully ridiculous and it's aware of how ridiculous. I mean, it Emily's is. character, she walks out into the street and gets hit by a car, yeah. and like fucking like a very do sex machina, and it's like yeah. we're. There's like triple X machina. Almost. Yeah, There's but it, a lot. I didn't mind. No, it, it works because it, it, it's it, it's played for laughs. Yeah, and it's 
But it still is, like, seriousness. is like, oh, shit, there's a gun. Like, what are we going to do? But, and, like, even the scene at the cemetery where, like, Emily comes back and kind of they have the whole Sherlock of it all of, like, this was my master plan and this yeah. was blah, 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 was, like, such a compelling scene, even though it was, like, two people just standing and talking. It yeah. made me think of Crazy Rich Asians and the whole thing where they were, like, we have to edit this scene because it's just two people talking and that's boring. Mm-hmm. But, like, this turned something, and granted it was the flashbacks and stuff, but, like, it turned something stagnant into something that was still kind of, like, interesting and really compelling to watch uh feig's dive into the nastier side of his characters is laced with references to classic film noir uh late in the game insurance scam a la billy wilder's double anonymity a painting listen i think we've established anonymity i think we've established i'm very bad at words (laughs) a painting of emily's mom that recalls otto uh, Primager's Laura and a shamelessly awkward name drop when Stephanie asks Emily's husband Sam if he's diabolic diabolicking her. <laughs> I need more coffee. These callouts are hollow at best, seeming to exist only for their own sake. But see, it's it's half parody. Like it's kind of in the parody zone. It is to where it it's willing to accept like if if you were a real person and you were undergoing the situation that Stephanie's in, you would kind of like cite other examples like cultural examples of like wait is this what's happening like i don't mind things that like homage other things as long as they're done in a way that isn't completely doesn't take you out and it works for the plot of it all um figs everything but the kitchen sink approach allows for the introduction of plot points involving among among other things incest patricide christian summer camp a failed liter, uh, literacy career and a psychotic artist who only paints knives we didn't start the fire, fire. <laughs> um yeah in doing so a simple favor haphard haphazardly facilitates or vacillates between suburban satire, goofy comedy, and a dark, twisted psychological thriller, which is to say that the film doesn't evince the seamlessness of presentation of its clearest antecedent antecedent gone girl. In in one of the film's first lines, Stephanie says, secrets are like margarine, easy to spread, bad for the heart. And ultimately, it's hard not to see Feek's film as the margarine of modern noir, full of far too many unnecessary ingredients and constantly reminding us of similar but superior products. I really liked that line when I was going through it. I like that one too. Just like, this movie is the margarine of modern noir. (laughs) Like, it is, and yes, but that's that's okay. It's okay to have margin, to have just a fatty, poppy thing to consume and move on from and, and enjoy and it. Yeah. Margarine's not bad for you. We can have margarine. Everything doesn't have to you be can have it once and again. bullshit. Yeah, you can have it once healthy. and again. Not everything needs to be like, this is changing my life. This is so good for me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if you every can... one of these movies was Gone Girl, I'd be depressed as fuck. Exactly. And I love Gone Girl, but exactly. Like, there's, there's a opportunity to kind of break out of the genre and play with the genre and see what it can bend to and if other people don't get to play around in that genre then it's just stagnant then they're all gone girls exactly yeah i completely agree yeah because yeah it's uh oh so the screenwriter is a woman it's jessica Uh shazer yeah i'm sorry you're bad at names jessica um but no, you could like the the script does kind of have a woman's touch to it. You Definitely, can tell. it's yeah. totally. 
Well, and Figa is really good with like if I'm telling a like woman centric story, which are most of his movies, mm-hmm. then like he has at least a female like co screenwriter. Yeah, because it's like I like he kind of. He knows his place as, like, an ally. Because it, it's like, I don't need to have all of these, like... He, he knows when to step back and not be yeah exploitive. Exactly. And, like, it's done in this way that does... It, it resonates with people in a way that is kind of, like, like compelling. I would, I'm would i sure that there are a bunch of men who see this movie and they're just like, ugh. But, like, yeah. Like, I'm even looking... Like, Bridesmaids was co-written by Kristen Wiig and another woman. So, okay. so, like, everything to an extent, most of what Paul Feig has done has been, like, so female-centric and such a female voice, and then he just kind of comes in and ties it all together, which is, like, I yeah. admire that. Like, yeah. I'd rather have that than fucking everyone, like, let's have men direct female-led comic book movies. Or just, yeah, it's... No, it's, like, if you want to to see a comedic gone girl just watch simple favor yeah um if you want to see gone girl but not feel like as heavy about it (laughs) then this is the place to go but yeah do we want to do our final segment yes so what is our final segment so we like to fan cast the people and directors of the movie that we watched into comic book movie roles um if they're already in one then we don't count that but if they're like if they played one forever ago we still fan cast them anyway because if josh brolin can play two comic book movie roles in the span of a month then anything's possible so do you have any i might have a couple i mean obviously like the internet and herself anna kendrick are very pro squirrel girl yes um i don't think that will happen anymore they seem to have milana on like Retainer until I'm so, they finally figure out what to do with New Warriors. <laughs> New Warriors to me is happening as much as Dark Phoenix is, <laughs> and that means it's not. <laughs> so for now, Anna Kendrick is my squirrel girl. She's Nothing like, against Milani, yeah, but she 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 would be, if, and I say would because it's not. Happened. She's played it in like the animated stuff, so they have her on no. Retainer. I don't know. I for me, Anna Kendrick is Carrie Kelly. Like yes, that. Yeah. If uh, and if she's Carrie Kelly or she could be a Barbara yeah. down the line, then you have a very good potential canary and yeah. lively. It's it's funny to me because like lively is clearly not on the short list for canary right now, considering who they're going with in terms of casting, like just in terms of the short list and stuff. But like uh, initially, when when people were suggesting her name around, I was kind of like, eh. But like after this movie, I'm like, yeah, she could totally work in the right context. But I feel like she still could play some sort of like badass female character that isn't canary, like Star Sapphire. I know. I, I wanted to see what she could have actually done, but that movie was garbage, so... We'll get to that one day. Uh, Make her, like, Lady Blackhawk or something, because then she can have, like, all of that... Now like, that I know she could pull off... Swagger and, like... just all, She has a larger range than yeah. I had thought she did. Uh-huh. So I could see her... A lot of different roles. Yeah. Um, and then with Henry Golding, we, did we did we go over yes. that in the last one? Or not? It's two for, ones ago. Yeah, two episodes ago. I mean, now that he's maybe out the door. Now Cav- that now that Cavill is 
like one foot out the door ish ish hey hamada New call Superman. call up your boy henry yeah gold the other henry the other henry golding because new superman new or superman Nightwing. yeah yeah it it works yeah um and then paul feig it's interesting so paul feig has been candid he once pitched a wonder woman script to wb and then i did he, not know that yeah like way like around the time that whedon was attached to it like around that they were just kind of like searching for dudes to like make a wonder woman movie mm-hmm. and then he kind of realized like because his whole thing was supposed to be like wonder woman breaking the glass ceiling kind of like a little self-awareness of it and all of that but he kind of has said like i know it wasn't my movie to make <sighs> and i'm so glad i didn't get to make it because it would have yeah. been awful so i'm like i don't know what <sighs> comic book movie he could make i I could see him taking on. Uh, I'm trying to think because I don't. Want, after simple favor, I don't want to pigeonhole him to something comedic, and lighthearted. Give him. I won't. You know, okay, give so. give him faith, from Valiant. See, but I would want a woman to direct. Yeah. That. I, I have a suggestion. Granted, I haven't really read a whole lot of it, but I know it's a thing that you like, and I think this fits Are you going to say next wave? Yes. I I think you need a different kind of comedic voice for that. It would, but With I a, would be, okay, so I'm just going to say he might not be the ideal choice for next wave, but I would be curious what his version of next wave would me be. Me too. Like, it would be an interesting, it would work on a weird level. And It would. Yeah. Or, because he does generally kind of skewed towards more female-led and movies yeah. well because that was like blue and gold yeah could potentially work yeah um i yeah that would be weird having like a bunch of dudes <laughs> in a paul feig movie that just it would feels be so weird um other than I'm, I'm trying to think of what else guardians three <laughs> he no. wouldn't do it no that's it's, it's too big for him well he he just wouldn't want to bother with like taking that on but yeah it give him something like spider gwen yeah he doesn't eh, i don't know if if we're going to truly adapt that comic it needs a very very strong visual it needs edgar right yeah <laughs> i mean it needs edgar right we've discussed this before go back to like episode 10 for that whole discourse yep. but like it would be interesting to see what his like even like i would just be curious just like his his spider gwen or his like I don't know. I wish, I almost wish New Warriors, they would just be like, here, let's give you like a standalone movie. Just making a movie. And then give it to Paul Feig. Paul Feig has directed TV before. Yeah. He's directed a crap ton of The Office. Yeah. So there is a big franchise comic book movie for him out there. What it is, I'm not entirely sure. But he's just like, he's flexible in that regard. He is. Now that I know he has. The, the chops and yeah. can expand beyond just pure comedy. Absolutely. Let him do it, yes. Hollywood. Yes. So, where can people find you on social media? They can find me at the Chris Fido on Twitter and Instagram. How about you? They can find me at Hey It's Jenna Lynn. There you can find links to all my other stuff. You can find our show at Tomato Tomato Pod. We're on Twitter and 
iTunes and Google Play and wherever else you get your podcasts. We are also on email. You can shoot us an email and just let us know your thoughts. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate that. We still only have the one review, but we appreciate it so much. Yes. So, yeah. Um, we will be back soon. What's our next one? I don't want to spoil it. If you've if you've followed our Twitter, you know what it is. Yeah, we're getting close to that. No, it's the oh, other the thing. other one. Oh yeah, you'll just tell me off, Mike. Yeah. All right. In the meantime, keep watching movies. Bye. Bye. <laughs>